you hold so much more power within yourself than you believe you do. You have choices and you get to decide what you want your emotional response to look like. Just really learning to become your own anchor in the storm and and no longer operating from your wounds and choosing not to join someone in their own emotional volatility or allowing it to sink you. I'm Emily Goff, a human connection coach, writer, and speaker with an insatiable sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using the power of stories to teach, learn, and grow. We boldly explore relationships, connection, and the nuances and complexities of the human experience with compassion, honesty, and a sense of humor. With both solo episodes and highly curated guests sharing incredible stories, experiences, and expertise, the Room to Grow podcast takes the entire idea of growth to the next level, all while covering the uncomfortable topics many of us would like to avoid. There's always more room to grow. Let's do this. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here. Today, we are going to be talking about, I mean, basically how to know if the work is working. (laughs) How do we know if all of this inner work that we can't see physically is actually working? How do we know? (laughs) So we're going to be covering things like emotional regulation, self-trust, inner peace, um, basically just how how the fuck to know if you're healing. Like, how do you know if you're healing? We're going to get into that more. Um, First, I wanted to remind you that I send out an email every Sunday now. This is uh, new this year, and I am loving it. I am loving it. There's so much fun to put together. Um, They're relatively short. I give you like thought, idea, questions, something to ponder, um, perhaps like a a two or three podcast suggestions for your week. Um, Just really... It, it's been it's been a lot of fun and I've been getting really great feedback about it, which is super cool to hear. So let me know if you want to join that. I will have the information in the show notes. And if you want to jump on the list, I will also send you over my uh, free 15 page guide all about how to build the foundation for healthy, thriving relationships, including with yourself. Um, there's a lot there's a lot there how to have more compassion for yourself, all of those things. So That'll be over in the show notes or over at roomtogrowpodcast.com. I also have spaces to work with me one-on-one. So if you want to apply, if you want to jump on a connection call, if you want to find out more about that and have a chat, uh, send me a message. You can always email me or you can uh, send me a DM over at info. Sorry, my email is info at emilygoffcoaching.com. And uh, you can DM me on Instagram at emilygoffcoach.com. Everything is there. Everything's in the show notes. There's some information in the show notes as well. And we can have a chat, see if you're a good fit. Okay. Okay. So the reason why this episode came to be about how to know if the work is working is that in the past year in particular, uh, but especially the last few months, especially the last few months for me, I have started to just become so calm, so chill. Um, (laughs) just like a very such a calm attitude mood uh this like seemingly rock solid new internal setting of inner peace has meant that I'm totally chill about things that would normally in the past have caused me a great deal of stress and anxiety and what is fascinating about this <laughs> is that that sense of inner peace has actually caused me to have moments of questioning myself because over the course of my 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 whole lifetime, I'm actually not really used to experiencing these levels of peace when in my mind, like in my brain, I perhaps should so-called be freaking out. But 
not actually like only only because that's what I spent my entire life doing up until more recently, like in the, in the grander scheme of things. And I have questioned myself about it. I'm, I'm like, is this is this what peace and calm feels like? <laughs> is is this is this it is are these like really profound new levels of emotional regulation or is it that I've actually just given up on both the the possibility and probability of of certain visions in my life coming to fruition but I haven't yet admitted it to myself is this confident detachment or am I throwing in the towel like it is is this the the new energy I'm going to be permanently embodying moving forward because of this massive years long reset I've undergone or is it only temporary like that that's sort of the biggest thing too is like when when these when I notice these feelings of emotional regulation and and stability and peace and calm and, and self trust there have been moments where I'm like oh is this only temporary though like, is this a complete and total self-trust in my own intuition and clarity of vision? Or am I missing key signs that I'm actually completely mistaken? And the other really big piece for me, the other really big question that that has come to mind occasionally is, like, am I beginning to release the hypervigilance that has at, time held me, has at times held me hostage over huge portions of my life? because of of you know moments of of trauma and past relationships and and just all of these things where i sort of got to the point where my entire nervous system was always waiting for the other shoe to drop even if something was going well it was like well if something's going well that means that something shitty is about to happen like it would i would sometimes almost hit those those questions usually only only briefly like i i wouldn't just kind of like live in that energy but that was more normal for me to experience a compare, especially compared to what I have been experiencing for months now. And it, it, it seems to be only continuing to increase and deepen of these levels of calm from within. And these, these thoughts have been fascinating to me to sort of like almost observe this questioning going on within myself of like questioning the inner peace. <laughs> And the emotional regulation, because I never thought that emotional regulation, self-trust, like trusting the shit out of myself and inner peace would cause me to question myself in this way. Like to actually wonder even even for a moment if the emotional states that I have worked so hard to achieve and practically been begging the universe to help me to help me get there for so many years is some sort of trick or, or only a temporary reprieve. Like it's actually almost bizarre that the entire concept of inner peace has sometimes felt foreign to me as it has continued to arrive and deepen. It's just fascinating when we look at it in those in those ways. And I actually talked to um, a, a close friend of mine and I was like, you know, what what does emotional regulation feel like to you? And, and I didn't tell this person why I was asking first because I just wanted to hear the answer. And, and they gave their definition of, of emotional regulation. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, that is what I'm feeling. This is amazing. <laughs> this is awesome. I can get used to this. <laughs> and, and this hasn't happened suddenly. I need to be very, very clear with you. This has not happened overnight. This has not happened without pouring myself into the work um, of, of doing like like working on myself and and changing the relationship that I have with myself and uh, shifting the the viewpoint that I have on the world and 
and the viewpoints I have on other people and on life, like understanding the complexities of life. Like it has taken everything I have to get here. And that is not an exaggeration. Like I'm talking every, in some cases, it has taken every financial resource I have. It has taken um, every ounce of emotional strength and patience and perseverance that I didn't even know that I possessed before starting on this journey. It, it has taken so much to get here. And when we're thinking about emotional regulation as well, like, like to me, part of this is also an issue of control and that we can really want to control outcomes in certain ways. Or we can maybe be um, panicking or, or freaking out or stressing about something that hasn't even happened yet because we're already stressed about a potential outcome. Potential being the key word. Hasn't happened. but <laughs> We're already like stressed and anxious about it. And we can also like deeply want certain things to come into our lives. And if they haven't yet materialized, it can be easy to lose hope with that too. I, I actually have done a, a, several episodes around that that I'll reference uh, if you want to go take a look at those ones because it can be really hard to keep going. And and what's interesting is that like we can want a particular outcome while simultaneously recognizing that we don't actually need it. There is a very big difference between those two things. It's a very different type of energy between want and need. And there's an innate freedom that lies in that realization that we can want a particular outcome, but also recognize that we don't need it. Ultimately, that that's that's really the definition of, of confident detachment in a lot of ways. Um, I went into that more with uh, my friend Jade Tita, all about all about confident detachment in episode 291. That has been, uh, it is the, I believe, second most downloaded episode on this entire podcast. So I strongly recommend going to check that one out if you haven't already, or maybe you need a refresher. Um, go take a listen to that one because it, it we're talking about it in the realm of relationships, but confident detachment can apply in a wide variety of different areas in your life. And when we come from a place of uh, desiring something, wanting something, but also knowing that we don't actually need it, it's, it's actually more magnetizing to whatever outcome you're trying to call in, in a lot of ways. And it also lets you know, it reminds you of your own power, that you'll be okay, whether or not this external thing comes to comes to be. Like this, this is also about trusting your intuition. And and I'm actually bringing on uh, an expert uh, in a few weeks to talk about learning to trust your intuition. She's super cool. I can't wait to share her with you. It's it's going to be amazing. But learning to trust your intuition, there are so many different ways that we can do this. And, and just like as a super quick exercise that you could do, you can start to notice and even write down when you have a feeling about something. No matter how small or illogical it might it might seem to your to your rational mind, write it down somewhere. Keep like almost like an intuition journal. I've done this before, and a mentor suggested that I do that uh, a couple of years ago, and it was really cool to see how many of those things actually ended up playing out that I got an intuitive head about, but I perhaps in that moment wasn't trusting my own intuition at least certainly not the way that I do now. And I'd get that hit and I'd be like, oh, that's nothing. I would just sort of write it off or whatever. You actually end up ignoring and, and missing a lot of your own deeply intuitive gifts when we push those those very quiet whispers aside. 
So this is a really powerful way to start learning to listen to those whispers. You can also practice holding the energy. Again, I'm giving you some ideas here around like emotional regulation. I've got some more for you um, that is like much more clear around this, but holding the energy. I talked about this in a previous episode as well, sort of like recognizing that when you have a conversation or interaction or anything with anybody, you are creating something from nothing. You are generating energy where nothing existed before. And then I want you to practice holding the feelings that that energy created for you. And and even just the pure awe, like genuine awe of the fact that you created something from nothing. Like that's so fucking cool. I, I Every time I come back to this concept, I just find it fascinating. I think that it's so amazing and it's been so useful for me. So hopefully it can be for you as well. Like, and noticing that when you practice holding the energy of this and playing a game with yourself, like how long can I ha- allow this energy to sustain me? You you start to be able to maintain almost like a whole new frequency for longer and longer stretches of time. And you'll know it's working when you notice you're no longer having to work quite as hard to hold that energy. You simply start to become it and it changes everything, even your outlook on the world. And you can start to feel that sense of calm and and peace from within. The nervous system plays a really big role here. Like in my case, I have undergone such a massive rewiring and I might add very intentional rewiring. Um, I Again, I've bored a lot of work into that. And this is one of the areas that I work with clients around as well. I've undergone such a massive rewiring of my nervous system that at first when I was questioning myself around like, is this emotional regulation or is this temporary? (laughs) Is this just temporary peace? I actually started to realize like, no, my nervous system has undergone this huge rewiring. It's actually just my brain that's trying to catch up because the roller coaster of highs and lows over the years became habitual, like familiar, comfortable, you know, like just sort of getting up and then getting knocked down again by, by something in life. Like, I mean, all of us have collectively experienced a lot of that in the last couple of years. And I think a lot of people would agree that there have often been a lot of highs and lows uh, in everyone's life in the last few years. Just, you know, you you put one step forward and then you get thrown 10 steps back and it can just feel really hard to keep going in those moments. And when we start to train our nervous systems and rewire our nervous systems to start to expand and shift and and almost like basically create a, a new internal reality for yourself sometimes our brains actually have to catch up with that to be like oh no this is the new normal because just like any habit the, the new can seem foreign and strange and unknown but that doesn't make it any less real or true and what if it's here to stay like challenge yourself with that what if this sense of inner peace is here to stay And every single day that you continue to embody this beautiful new energy, you continue to attract like peaceful abundance and people and connections and wealth, like whatever it is that that you can sense coming closer and closer into your realm, that can be a really powerful part of this process. And there's, to me, like this isn't necessarily a a complete list, but these are sort of the six main components that I I feel are, are most important when it comes to emotional regulation. So number one is self-awareness, noticing what you're feeling and being able to name and acknowledge it. There is an enormous amount of power in that. And if we can't even figure out what it is that we are feeling or experiencing, that makes it a lot harder to manage it. 
I actually, I, I really love uh, the Atlas of the Heart, the book, The Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown for this one. Um, I think it's 87, 87 different um, emotions that she identifies in that book. And, and she makes it very clear as well. That is not a complete list, but it's funny because uh, an exercise that I'll sometimes have clients do um, is to, uh, usually more in, in group settings, I'll sometimes time them and give them three minutes to write down as many different emotions as they possibly can. And usually on average, most people can't come up with more than about 20. And yet there are so many more than that. And to really start to recognize what these other emotions are and to connect with the differences between them and, and how that feels and, and understanding those when they come up within us, that self-awareness is powerful. It is powerful. So number one component of emotional regulation is, is that self-awareness piece. Number two is acceptance. This is a big one because rather than fighting the emotion or judging or shaming ourselves for an emotion that's coming up, accept that it's happening. Whatever emotion you're experiencing, it's a normal part of the human experience. You are a normal human for experiencing whatever it is that is coming up for you. Whatever emotion is coming up for you, we might not like it. <laughs> we might not enjoy the particular emotion that's coming up, but it's still normal. It is still normal to have a wide range of different uh, experiences in, in the realm of our emotional regulation. Number three is self-compassion. This is a huge one. I, I talk about self-compassion often and, and there's a reason for that because this is an area that most of us struggle with in a lot of ways. And there are different ways that you can do this. Um, you can bring the more emotional, like mental and emotional side to it. Uh, there are also physiological components too, like things like breathing exercises, uh, appreciation for yourself, gratitude, the intentional recognition and cultivating of joy. I've, I've got more coming up on that one, um, but that can be a very powerful process to, to undergo, like really intentionally cultivating joy in your life, even in the smallest moments, being really gentle with yourself, being really gentle about how you talk to yourself, um, basic self-care even, you know, like I, I'm not the one to like throw bubble baths at you because I think that, that stuff like that can be a very overused version of self-care. In terms of just like a suggestion, don't get me wrong, bubble baths are great, <laughs> but I, I that that stuff does matter as well. So I, I don't want to ignore like just the very basic aspects of taking care of your physical body. And when we take care of our physical body, we often take care of our emotional mind at the same time. Number four, when it comes to the components of emotional regulation is emotional alchemy. So this is being aware and skilled in channeling a less useful emotion to a more appropriate one. So for example, we can turn anger into motivation. We can turn it into fuel to propel us forward. Now, the thing that I'll say about the emotional alchemy part is that that does not and, and should not necessarily be utilized immediately because there's a fine line between alchemizing an emotion and suppressing an emotion. And if we feel anger and we just don't want to feel anger or if we don't trust ourselves to hold the experience of anger without allowing it to overtake us, then if we try to just push it down and suppress it to be like, oh, no, no, I'm just going to turn this into motivation. We, we, we might be skipping that step there. Like that's not actually alchemizing it. That's just pushing it to one side. 
And that anger will come back to bite you in the ass 10 times harder later. I promise you. There, If there's one thing I can promise, it's that. <laughs> so we still have to feel the feels, but then we can also start to recognize, okay, what can I do with this? When you have, have gone through the process of feeling the feels and the feeling of the feels is the part that a lot of us want to skip over because again, it often doesn't feel good. When, when we're in like the crunchier, stickier sort of emotions, those are not the ones we want to be in. And, and just remembering that an emotion lasts on average about 90 seconds. What lasts so much longer is often the, the stories, even the subconscious stories that we attach to the emotion and to the experience that we are having that keeps us there. So this emotional alchemy piece, it's, it's tricky, it's necessary, but it can be a little bit tricky and there are some, some refined parts of it that we have to kind of like get into in order to master it. Number five is adaptability. And this is about creating space for the emotion, creating space for it. Like understanding that, yes, there is very much a time and a place for tending to your emotions. And sometimes we are going to need to cultivate the ability to put an emotion aside for the work at hand. So just as one example, there was an in-person event I held uh, a few months ago. And I had just gotten, I, I was just having a shitty day for, for a variety of reasons. There was no one thing that was going on. And, and overall, I was, I was doing well in general, but it was just this one day. I was having a really shitty day. I got some news earlier in the day that did not go super well. And then there were other things that were coming up and I cried almost the entire day. And I had this in-person event to put on in the evening. So <laughs> I knew it was coming. And I, at, before, right before the event, I meditated for an hour. To be clear, I, I do meditate every day, but it's usually for 20 minutes. I meditated for an hour because that was what I needed <laughs> to calm my nervous system and to emotionally regulate myself. Then I washed my face changed my clothes, went to the event, um, ran the whole thing. And a friend of mine said later who, who she was at the event and she's like, you never would have known that you had had such an awful day. She's like, you were like total professional. And, and that is, I, I'm, I'm capable of doing that. And I actually pride myself on that because there was a time where I could not have done that. I couldn't have done that. It would have completely sunk me. And I very much consider myself to be a professional and when there is work to be done, I will do what needs to be done. Again, this is a balancing act because sometimes we just need to give ourselves, like, like in some instances, there might be some space that needs to be created where we don't push ourselves to go do the thing. But in this case, I could sense that I was like, no, I, I can do this. I will actually probably feel way better for having done it, which I did. And... And the show must go on in, in, some, in some instances. In other instances, yeah, I'm, I'm not telling anyone to go. If you've been listening to this podcast for long enough, I, I hope that you know that like I'm not telling anyone to just go push past all of the pain and just pretend that everything's fine uh, when it's not. But especially when there are perhaps instances where you do have to go do the thing, um, just make sure that if you are putting the emotion to one side, that you create space to come back to it, to allow yourself to fully feel it and as soon as possible too. So that doesn't mean you're going to put it off for a month. That means, okay, I can't feel this feeling right now, but I need to perhaps even potentially schedule time in your calendar to feel the feels as quickly as you can after, after this thing is over. Okay. Number six of the components of emotional regulation is emotional support. 
this this one is perhaps obvious, but needs to be stated nonetheless. Everyone needs emotional support. Every single human needs support and help sometimes. And talking about whatever you're going through can completely alter the weight of how heavy it might feel for you. That that weight that you are carrying, even just speaking it aloud can completely shift that. So I'll just run through them really quickly. Components of emotional regulation. Number one, self-awareness. Number two, acceptance. Number three, self-compassion. Number four, emotional alchemy. Number five, adaptability. And number six, emotional support. And when it comes to how to improve emotional regulation, I wanted to try and give you some some tangible things here. Like, first of all, just noticing your physical symptoms, noticing how you're feeling in particular moments when, again, maybe like those crunchy emotions are coming up, but even like the, the lighter, brighter emotions too. Like what are, how do you feel physically in those moments? Check in with your nervous system as well. Like put your hand on your heart and and allow yourself this space to connect to yourself and and understand how you're feeling. You can almost do like a body scan as well. Um, like literally scan your entire body for aches, pains, um, like like tightness. Uh, I, 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 maybe a certain part of you actually feels very relaxed. Maybe part of you feels heavy. There are different ways to do this, but really checking in with with your body because our bodies are so closely connected. Like there is no separation between mind and body. It's, it's one entity. So we have to be really mindful that our bodies are talking to us all the time, all the time. Some, some other ways to improve emotional regulation might also involve boundaries and disengaging from people and situations that are highly volatile or, or perhaps very triggering, at least until you can learn to better manage your own triggers, which is your responsibility. And we are always all going to end up like triggered by certain things at a certain time. It is still yours to manage. It is yours to manage. So be really mindful of, of that as well. But if you are still finding um, certain situations, people, circumstances, whatever, to be really activating for you in, in a negative way, then you may need to create some space to separate yourself from that, to put in boundaries, to communicate, whatever that looks like, to be able to better regulate yourself. Ask yourself as well, like, what story am I telling myself right now? What story am I telling myself right now about whatever the thing is that, that you are in distress around? I, I always love uh, coming back to the four questions that Byron Katie um, presents, which is, number one, is it true? So whatever story you're telling yourself right now, ask yourself, like, is it true? Number two, can you know with 100% certainty that it's true? Probably not, because very little in this world <laughs> can, can be determined with 100% certainty. <laughs> number three is how do you react when you believe that thought? And number four is who would you be without that thought? So you can use those tools to check in with yourself to, to understand what story you are creating and, and living by. And you get to write a different story, too. Notice how you speak to yourself as well and the words you're using and, and shifting it to be more positive, to, to show yourself compassion. Again, that self-compassion piece. Um, understand how much power you hold to make choices about the ways in which you decide to respond as well. And take a breather. Sometimes we just need to take a breather. 
Like we need to practice the pause, whether we are engaged in conversation with someone, whether we are just, uh, whether we just need to like have a few moments to ourselves. Maybe you need to go into the woods. Maybe you need to put your hand on your heart and the other on your belly and just take a few deep breaths, uh, whatever that is going to look like for you. Sometimes we need to practice the pause and, and those, those moments can lead to very different outcomes for us in, in really positive ways. So that can be super, super powerful. And the other thing I want to add to is that, you know, some people may need more professional support for emotional regulation than others. And that is totally okay and normal and human. I have had professional support over the years getting here. Again, I cannot stress this enough. I did not just snap my fingers one day and suddenly magically achieve inner peace and emotional regulation. <laughs> That's not how that happened. <laughs> I have had therapy. I have had coaching. I have incredible friends and, and an amazing support system. I didn't make this happen by myself. Like it's taken a whole damn team of humans to get me here. And, and you hold so much more power within yourself than you believe you do. And you have choices. You have, you have choices and you get to decide what you want your emotional response to look like in, in some ways. Just really learning to become your own anchor in the storm and, and no longer operating from your wounds and, and choosing not to join someone in their own emotional volatility or allowing it to sink you. This is another form of, of emotional maturity and, and freedom and regulation. Like navigating the really turbulent waters of life. There is a, a visualization. I think I may have shared this on one other episode, but I can't remember which one. There was a visualization that came to me during very intensive trauma work I was doing a couple of years ago. And um, in the initial session that I did, it was it was a very terrifying visualization. I was I was on this boat that was being almost capsized by these massive, massive, enormous waves. And the boat was just being thrown around like a toy and, and I was being thrown around with it and it just felt so overwhelming. And it felt like the waves of emotions, it, it felt like it represented the waves of emotions that kept trying to overtake me, that I, I, couldn't, I couldn't find that sense of peace. And when I did another session of, of this intensive trauma work, I rewrote that visualization so that I could see a lighthouse. And I put an anchor down off the boat and the waves were a little bit calmer and I could see the shore and I just recognized that I was able to cultivate that from within and that's a visualization that I come back to over and over and over again you are your own anchor in the storm you are your own anchor in the storm you have the ability to ground yourself at any moment you don't need uh, silence. You don't need, you don't need any of those things in order to ground yourself. You, you can end up getting to the point where you can ground yourself even in a crowd full of people. And you carry that within you. So you don't have to use that visualization, but it may be useful for, for somebody listening, um, to, to use that and feel free, like take it, <laughs> use it for whatever you want. And, and hopefully you can use it to come back to you. And, and when I am having a moment of stress now, and I've done this ever since I, I created this visualization in, in my mind uh, a couple years ago, I come back to that visualization. I just remind myself that I am safe and that I am grounded and that I can create that sense of calm 
to be my own anchor in the storm, that no matter what else is happening around me, I can hold it down. And that is self-trust. That is self-trust. So I hope that you found this useful. I have, um, again, I, I have lots of episodes that are referenced in conjunction with this one. Uh, there's lots of ones that I've done that tie in really well with this, but let me know how this goes. Let me know, um, let me know how you feel about the idea of trusting yourself and, and what does peace feel like to you? What, what does emotional regulation feel like to you? I would love to hear how you define it and what that feeling is like for you. So send me a message over at Emily Goff coach over on Instagram. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing how this one goes for you. So wishing you a very peaceful day and talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more, one of the most common questions I get is where do I even start doing this work to create deeper connections and better relationships? I've got a free 15 page guide for you called Where Do We Begin? This is the very foundation that you need to start building healthy relationships with others and with yourself. This is my gift to you and multiple people have referred to it as life-changing. <laughs> you can find it over at roomtogrowpodcast.com or check the show notes to go download it and have it sent straight to your inbox. Thanks so much and stay tuned for more episodes weekly.